Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for Black women by Black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as Black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal, and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. My name is Ashley. I'm your host. And today we have a very special episode. We are playing a game. So today's game is called Game of Hormones. And we actually have a very special guest. Actually, we have five special guests. But we have one person coming back to the podcast that you probably know if you've been listening for a while. So we have Deja back on the podcast. You might remember Deja. She (laughs) was on the podcast um, coming and she came in and talked and poured her heart out um, about her experience with PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So if you haven't listened to that, so scroll back and listen to the episode because it's amazing. So she has been so gracious enough to invite me into her home. Um, She's got a few of her friends here and we're all just hanging out. We are going to meet everybody. So Deja, I'll have you kick it off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And um... so, um, yes, I'm Deja. I did a podcast episode with Ashley a few months ago. Um, ever since then, the journey just goes on. Um, I am um, a business owner. I make uh, natural products. I'm an advocate for women's hormone sensitivities. And I am also a computer technician by day which to me is a masculine job. So I talk about that a lot on my social medias as well. But yeah, a little bit about me and Nikita. Hey (laughs) y'all. I'm Nikita. Um, I am a native of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I am a fire command dispatcher. So all those lovely plug toilets that you guys have and those hotel rooms down here, y'all come talk to me. And I am a mother of one and just trying to enjoy life to finally find me in its totality um, with no regrets, no shame, and no questions from anybody. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, my name is Shantae. I'm from the South Side of Chicago. I moved here from Georgia a couple of years ago uh, to start a business in the marijuana industry. It is geared toward basically uh, the well-being and um, um, the healing of uh, marijuana as opposed to just recreational use. But by day, I drive buses for MV transportation, driving people with disabilities. And um, yeah, I'm excited about my journey here in Nevada. Yay. Thank you. All right. Kim? Hi, my name is Kimberly. I am... Originally from St. Louis, Missouri, I relocated here with uh, my employer uh, several years ago. My family and I have been here about 11 years now. I am a wife, mother, and a yaya, which my grandson Mm -hmm. likes to call me. And um, in my spare time, I enjoy hanging out with these beautiful ladies. Uh, My interests and passions are real estate um gardening and uh just overall 
health and mental consciousness. So those are things that are important to me. Thank you, Kim. Last but not least. Man, why I have to be the last one? <laughs> uh, my name is Charde. Uh, everybody knows me by Honey, which uh, <clears throat> I'm Deja's partner. Uh, I'm a native, I guess, to Vegas. I was not born here. I was born in Germany. <laughs> but um, Small flex. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, I am a trainer at the Bushard for MD Transportation. So, um, working with people, it has been a thing for me, I guess, lately. But I'm not much of a talker, so that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank ladies. I'm excited for everybody to be on the podcast. Thank you all for going around telling us a little bit about yourselves. Um, I think this is going to be a great episode for lots of reasons, but um, I am like in a space where there's like really strong, beautiful black women, and I'm excited for them to just kind of open up, have some fun tonight, um, talk about some life stuff, and then, you know, we've got some, I've got a bucket of questions, and then Deja has thrown in some interesting questions, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun, so um, for anybody listening, what we basically have to give you a visualization, we've got a bucket, we've got a ton of questions, um, cut out into little white pieces of paper, <laughs> and we're going to basically just be passing, it's not a bucket, let me not downgrade this beautiful shell, oh, shoot. It's, it's actually <laughs> a beautiful shell um, that Deja had uh, as decor in her house, so we're actually using that, um, but we're going to be passing that around, and um, just kind of talking through through some things. The main topic for today is hormones and just um, our experiences with hormones, um, how it's played parts in our life, and then also just kind of getting to know each other and yeah, have some fun. So, who wants to go first? Let's do it. Okay, <laughs> okay, Nikita. Nikita, go yes. ahead and pick a question and then read it out loud. I'm scared. Or I'll read the question out loud if you want. No, I'll read it. Okay, go ahead. Going for the minute. Okay. Let's see what we get. What we get. What we get. What stage of life has taught you the most? Ooh, getting into it. <laughs> um, stage of life that has taught me the most, I would say, was my twenties. Um. I'm currently about to be 38, but my 20s, I had no children. I had two full-time jobs, and I was living my life, doing what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it, and didn't care about anything that anybody said. Um, At times now, in my 30s, I wish I could truly go back to that. Um, I have gotten into a shell a little bit, so now I've just been thinking about my past to say, what can we incorporate into this now to bring you back to that person? Um, I'll never truly be that person again, because that's a part of my past life now, but just to take um, some things like, you know, not being so cautious of what other people think about me. I'm my own individual. I'm me. And if you can't take me for me, then you can't take me at all. You know, that was a model for me then. And I can tell you that it has, um, dwindled as I've gotten a little older so um I can honestly say just me going back to that time to really get back to 
truly to say, hey, it's me. This this me. This is what I want to do. If you don't like it, you ain't got to watch my movie, baby. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's a clip right there. I like that. <laughs> so I, I have a question for you. So as far as that shift, like I know you said your 20s, but when did that shift happen when you feel like maybe you started to let other people's thoughts or opinions start to influence you? Was that like when you had a kid or? Absolutely. When yeah. I had my first child, um, I am a... Uh, just to speak a little bit about me, I am a woman who has had multiple miscarriages, but I only have one child. No, it's okay. It's part of me. It's my story. Um, I can truly say that it has made me a different person. Um, it's made me a better person to, you know, just understand that everything is not in your time. You know, it's not always about you and what you want to happen at that time for you, you know. Um, but when I had my daughter... Um, she took some of that, I don't care about life. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, she's, I don't care about life, you know. Not that she don't care about life, but just, you know, she's fancy free, you know, what I used to be. So I'm glad that, if anything, if it came for me, at least it went to somebody that I know is going to use it in the way that it should be used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It's I appreciate that. Deja, you want to go next? Sure. I'll let you go ahead and shuffle them around. Go ahead and pick. Okay. Not a purple question. Get it. (laughs) What are you doing to protect your skin? So when I mentioned a little bit about myself, I didn't say that I'm also an esthetician, um, an advanced esthetician. Um, Let's talk about it. She just graduated recently, Mm -hmm. so congrats to her. In Vegas, come see her. Please. Yes, because it's such a science to it, and all of this makes sense. So when I was in school, um, I did a lot of chemical peels. I already know about the health part. Um, So to protect my skin, um, I know that during my hormone process, I might get a few bumps in my jawline. I know I might uh, experience extra sweating, just little stuff like that. So to protect my skin, I make sure that I have a skincare regimen. So when I was in school, I've learned more about chemical pills and stuff like that. So that's like a deep exfoliation. So I do chemical pills every now and again, and I clean my face. It's really about acids, you know? Outside of acids, I just eat okay. I try not to eat a lot of sugar. I don't want to break out. Sugar stresses me out. So the jawline is a stress area for women's hormones. Um, and a lot of times we just break out there. So I try to watch what I eat. I drink a lot of water and I do my regimens. And those regimens include acids. All right. So when did you start to put like two and two together? Like, okay, because I feel like we all grow up. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just speak for myself. You grow up and like after your teenage years, like stuff, you know, whether it be your cycle is coming and maybe you notice shifts with your, your, you know, you got a breakout or you got pimples everywhere in certain spots. Mm -hmm. So was there a certain point where you started to connect your hormones and like how your hormones were acting to like what was going on with your skin? Absolutely. Um, There have been times in my adult life where I get um, hives. So I also take anti-inflammation medication because if I stress myself out too much, I'll get hives on my jawline. 
So for me, once I realized that it was that serious, that I could wake up and my face has changed from when I went to sleep, I'm like, oh, you got to do something about this. So some aloe vera will clear that up quickly, but it definitely tells me to wake up and have a better day. Yes. Because yesterday was cold. Yeah. <laughs> How was today going, though? Today, today was funny. Today said have red wine, and we just don't Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Who wants to go next? Who's got the next question? All right, Chantel. It's your turn to pick. Okay. Um, name one person in your support system and describe how they have supported you. Mm. Um, got to think about that one. Right. Um, well, I would say Deja for right now. Um, I am just well, getting over a divorce, and uh, she, you know, her and honey, and you know, they were friends and stuff like that. Uh, with just providing, um, you know, encouragement, whether it be finances, uh, you know, food, because she's a very awesome cook. Oh. <laughs> they feed me. <laughs> I love food. Yeah, so you know, going through that was just a tough time, you know. So uh, just transitioning from that one. Suggest that because <laughs> no, no, they, will have to do, they will have you fooled and scared to death. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do it. They will have you feeling like yeah. you've been stood out. Don't do it. Yeah. That's usually me in a rabbit hole. Doctor Google trying to figure out. Yeah, because you would really want to know in that moment, like what the heck is going on? Like, yeah, even like my ankles was like swollen. 
can I work oh. or stand too much? And I'm like, what can this be coming from? But it will give you so many answers. I just get overwhelmed when you're like, you know what? Mm-mm. Yeah. But yeah, it will have you feeling like you're going to die. So yeah. <laughs> if it's serious, please don't do it. <laughs> right. Please. Yeah. They might make you feel like you're going to die too, yeah. but yeah. it'll be this is better, accurate. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kim. So Kim's got the next question. Kim, what's your question? <laughs> when was the first time you learned about the connection between your hormones and mental health? Mm. Oh. Give, it, give it to us, Kim. <laughs> ah, wow. How much time you got? How long is it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yesterday years old, like I'm still figuring it out, but I will say honestly, as probably the oldest in the room that I am learning now how hormones actually do affect your mental health, because I recently, um, had a blood draw with my doctor, which they confirmed what I already felt like I was going through menopause or at that stage. And so um my test results did come back as premenopausal so i'm not like in menopause or premenopausal so um i'd say probably in the last two years probably and a lot of that probably was doing like covid and everything when you're just all at home and nothing else to do and i'm just sitting around like why do i feel like crying right now or you know just weird stuff i mean like i would get up from my desk and go into the other room to get something and I couldn't remember what I got up for. Um, that happened to me like three times in one day to where I just busted out crying for no reason. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And then that's when I went to the doctor. I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably like in the last two years is when I've kind of put them together. Because before, I didn't. Um, do you feel like do you feel like the pandemic just kind of magnified it like it was already happening and then obviously during that time there was not a lot that anybody was doing aside from sitting in their house but for some people not for everybody but do you think that magnified it or do you think it happened during that time i don't think it magnified it i think that time allowed me to pay attention to it because i was working remotely from home i didn't have the outside distractions of you know being in the office environment dealing with other people's issues i was at home with my family um so for me yeah i feel like it just allowed me to slow down and take that time to pay attention to my body and what was going on with me um so i'm, I'm definitely grateful for that but it's just one of those things I'm, I'm learning as i go like i never would have linked like emotions to eating and um how you because I, I never paid attention to just my cycle in general when i was younger um i was a young mother so i had my daughter uh, when i was still in high school so after that i ended up going into um on birth control of course so a lot of my cycle in my 20s maybe into my 30s were regulated by um, birth control you know what i mean so my cycle came on time it was very minimal like cramping and things like that um it helps kind of level which is what birth control can do uh, there are also side effects to it of course but 
it did help level off my hormone levels. So a lot of stuff that maybe I would have caught sooner, I didn't because I was on birth control. Mm. Um, so as I got older, I took myself off birth control once I realized that they can have some adverse effects on your body. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to kind of get what you would call a natural cycle. Because before, like when I hit 30s and got off birth control, I'm like, what is all of this? And these cramping and, and weird hormonal changes I'm going through because mm -hmm. at 30 was the first time I actually had what was probably a natural cycle to begin mm -hmm. with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm still learning. Yeah, it's a whole process. It is a whole process. Does anybody else like had a point where they started to connect their mental wealth or mental health, mental health um, or wellness with like any hormone fluctuations? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to learn it myself. Um, I know when my cycle is coming, my uh, irritability is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, same. She also gets these headaches. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. So. And so is that like a few days out or is that like a week out? Like what does that look like? <sighs> the headaches may come like a week before mm -hmm. and last like a whole week. Mm -hmm. So it's, they call it a hormonal headache. Headache. And does anything that you do like help? No. Nothing. No. Oh my God. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. See, I have it in a different way for me. I'm a hot natured person. Mm -hmm. I'm hot all the time, but the week before my cycle, I'm freezing. Like Ooh. I can't, I can't function. It's just too cold. Yeah. I have, I'm bundled up like it's 10 degrees outside. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I'm with you with the irritability. Like I don't, mm -hmm. any, any scan of stupidity is just like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I have no, it's, it's, it's like instant rage. Like why? You know, if, if I can think of anything that would describe what I look like, on the movie Inside Out, anger, that's me. <laughs> that's me. I'm from, and it wow. doesn't help that I'm a Taurus. It's horrible. Yeah. But that's Lady of Rage. I don't care. Yeah, Lady of Rage. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Not the nickname. Yes. Hold on. Honey just pointed at David and said, that's Lady Rage. So can we get some background to Lady Rage? Like When her cycle is like approaching because of her condition that she has, mm -hmm. it's like a waiting period. So her irritability, like she gets annoyed with everything mm -hmm. and she'd be in like a whole rage so it's not all the time but it's like every it's like really like off and on but i know when it's like coming mm. because she does not want to be bothered even with me yeah like don't yeah it's want like to be bothered. she tries try. but i just fall out of love with her so i'm not just and i hate it it's like and i love my honey when i finally see my cycle come i'm like i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd be like that. Even with the same with you, like she gets cold, she gets the bruises. Like bruises. all of that comes with it. Yeah. Like sometimes her body mm -hmm. gets so cold she locks. Really? Where she's like stuck and she's like, I'm like stuck. Can oh you like God. warm me up? Like, yeah. So it's not like a every month thing, but it does happen often. Wow. So like when she's saying I get stuck, it's like joint pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the night I could wake up and go like I'll try to go to the restroom. But it's like my temperature, the temperature of the house, I don't know. Like I'm just too cold to the point where the shivers, uh, they'll go, they'll last for like six yeah. or seven minutes. Mm -hmm. She's had to like walk me to the bathroom. She's had to put me in the bathroom in the middle of the night. But I don't know. The the uh, joint pain is, is something else. 
Yeah. Like, I'll wake so, up and I just can't walk. Yeah. You ever get so cold during the time? Because I know for me, I get like so cold that I can't, I can't mm-hmm. move. Like I'm shivering from like head to toe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and I can't want like, to sweat. Yeah. It's, like, strong. Uh-huh. Like, you would think we're girls that naturally sweat. So yeah. that coldness is like, uh-uh. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But her flip flop, like it happens when her period comes mm-hmm. or ovulation. Yeah. Ovulation. Mm-hmm. So ovulation hot. is either she's hot mm-hmm. or she's cold. Like last night she was really cold mm. like really hot actually yeah, i've been hot this really hot yeah it's like sweating yeah and they're freezing not me i'm, I'm used to oh, this is well. how we this is how we live yeah so honey mentioned that that um you know a lot of this has to do with your condition so for those uh that for people that may be new listeners maybe they haven't listened to the other episode can you just give a little bit of insight into the condition that you deal with uh-huh so premenstrual dysphoric disorder can be referred to as Jekyll and Hyde syndrome. So whereas last week will have been that week, you were handling things, knocking things out, getting your list of to-do things done, just two days after that week is over with, you can be faced with the largest storm cloud. You can be faced with nothing makes sense, everything is being abusive, and um, it's a fight. It's a constant fight. Not only is it mental, it's physical. So you experience joint pain. You experience um, appetite for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's nausea. not, yeah, the nausea comes with it, but um, mine's a little deeper because I have manic episodes. I have um, times where I've been completely displaced from life. Um, I find myself making light of it by being a light worker, a person who works for the collective of people. And I've also learned that I'm a highly sensitive person. So highly sensitive people turn out to be shaman, healers, things like that. So um, for mm-hmm, yeah, so for me, it's just about reconnecting to source. And um, yeah, I just try to make the best out of it because the worst can get me. It can get me and it can take me away. Mm-hmm. And then my honey has to be a caregiver. So she, as a partner, she's the best support system. Um, and I appreciate her for that because, I mean, I cry out in agony some nights because it's just like, why me? Mm-hmm. They don't understand. I have to go to work the next day. Yeah. And they don't want to hear about what happened to me in the middle of the night. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what, I, I know you two have been together for a while. So can you talk a little bit about, like, how did you get to a point where like, was there a point where there was, like, ever friction and you guys had to overcome that? Because this is a lot that you guys are talking about. Oh, from, yeah. You know, like, managing different symptoms. Also, Deja, you, of course, trying to you know, figure things out. Uh, I'm sure early on you didn't know exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. And we all know how the medical system can work sometimes for us or not yeah. work. Right. So, and then just, like, being in a relationship and, you know, being in love and trying to support that person. How did you guys get to the point where you're at now? I want to say we got out of living in apartments and decided we wanted to see what houses were like. And there was one cousin that my honey could not remember. And it was several occasions. And I'm like, you have met this cousin. <laughs> and one time I just couldn't. I mean, I was so frustrated. I'm like, you don't remember this cousin? And that's I'm telling you all these events and you really, you know, and I'm like, why are you so mad that she doesn't remember your cousin? She has to remember so many faces in a day. Like if you step back and really listen to what your honey, your partners in general are saying to you sometimes when you lashed out and you look back, you like, 
why did you care? But there's a bigger side hormones that will make you care about every little thing. thing. Everything is an injustice. You don't want to pass up nothing. You are manipulating the situation. You are controlling the situation because you don't have control of yourself in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I just started to become hard to deal with. And I saw that I was being hard to deal with, but she was being there for me still. Mm -hmm. So when I would come out of it, it's like, dang, you still here. It's mm. pretty accurate. <laughs> she, she got it all. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. thank you for sharing that. Uh-huh. Um, Forgiveness works. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for people to to hear and like, you know, you guys have a beautiful dynamic, and so just witnessing that. But also understanding like that just doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, things take time. You learn each other, and it's like a journey that doesn't really stop. Yeah, and I've always told her like, if I didn't love you the way that I did, then no, I would not have been here. But that's my job to yeah. be here. So, yeah, I'm here. Oh, that's awesome. Let me meet you. Oh, Lord. We're gonna go to the next question. <laughs> All right, Nikita. Wait, Ashley. Oh, well, no. Can I answer a question? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. She did. She did. I thought I was gonna get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. She should do a follow-up question. I like it. Do you want to ask me a question as opposed to me picking out a question? Um, I can ask a follow-up question. Okay. Get your question and she'll give you a follow-up. Okay. (laughs) I like this. Little improv. (laughs) All right. I got one of Deja's questions, so I didn't even write this question. (laughs) If you could teach everyone in the world one concept, what concept would have the biggest positive impact on humanity um you got some good questions you want to help me with my podcast (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely a podcast (laughs) um if i could teach everyone in the world one concept that would have a positive impact on on humanity i think i would teach um everybody empathy because i feel like a lot of times like we lack empathy and I don't know I feel like growing up that's just not something that is constantly like um, pushed or talked about or at the forefront of like conversations um so by the time you know you grow up you go through your childhood and you become an adult I feel like if you lack empathy it's really hard to get to the point where you have empathy for just like the person walking walking by you know Mm. I think if people had more empathy from when they were younger and like teachers and parents and everybody just understanding that understanding that you probably don't understand what the other person is going through mm-hmm. and that's okay and that sometimes just listening and understanding that they're going through something that you've never been through but you feel for them like I think that could change things hopefully so growing up do you feel like that you have um, like parents or friends who lacked empathy? Ooh, who lacked empathy? Um, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've, I've been very fortunate to like 
grow up around people that are very empathetic and like move through the world and, and that wasn't necessarily taught to me like verbally that was just like me watching the, their actions whether it be like you know my dad is like when he when he interacts with people he treats everybody the same and he's like very understanding when people snap or when people get mad or maybe don't treat him well and he's always like you know you don't really know what they're going through um, my mom, I always saw her just like by example, just, you know, she'll help out the people that people have kind of forgotten about, whether it be a homeless person or like mm -hmm. a friend of hers that needs help. And it's not something that people, a lot of people would know. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw her do a lot of stuff and just help people when I was younger that they'd always stuck with me. So it always made me think like, okay, I don't know what that person's going through. I don't know where they are now, what mind state they're, they're in now. And that's the point, like, I don't know. So I have to have some sort of empathy because I don't, I can't relate. So, yeah. Very yeah. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now y'all put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> that was good though. Yes. Yeah. 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 If you ever worked in a call center, you learned the empathy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, there's a world thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because it took me like six months to like really own that empathy. Because my my manager would be like, Nikita, you don't, you're not saying that you apologize because I didn't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you like, say. And like I would get in, I would like get docked every time. I could have 100 percent call, but but you didn't say you were sorry. Oh, but I'm sorry for I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I'd be like. <laughs>
because I had to release some kind of pressure off mm. of my mental state um, to the point now when that time of year comes around, um, I usually don't do anything. Mm. Well, when I say do nothing, like I place all responsibilities on other people because I just can't. My mind is full. I don't know what it is about the beginning of the year. I don't know why it happens to me. I don't know what it entails. I just know at that time of the year, my brain is so full of things that don't even necessarily involve me, but things that other people have pulled me into mm -hmm. to involve me mm -hmm. that I have to shut things off and shut people off. It's like I have to flip my switch and say, okay, I'm out of office right now. I can't do it. Mm. So um, it doesn't happen as much now as I'm getting older because I'm just trying to do that in general, mm. not place too many things on my plate. But um, at the age of 16, I thought I had a lot of responsibility um, because at that time, you know, we were um, my parents. I was assisting my parents and taking care of my sister's children. So I was a an additional parent, mm -hmm. um, you know, just, and it wasn't just one child, it was three children mm -hmm. and ranging from now there, right now at this time, they're 28, 22 and getting ready to be 22 and 16. And other than my parents, I'm all that they know. I'm their second source to say, TT, mm -hmm. can you do? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that um, assisted in that mm -hmm. in that brain function for me mm -hmm. to say like something's wrong like shut it off you know and so now it's just a complete shut off for me I don't <clears throat> like literally after New Year's Eve it's like okay I'm not doing anything yeah don't ask you know I'm just gonna go to work come home go to sleep and that's it yeah. you know so I think but I think at an early age like I said at about 16 I realized something was happening in there mm -hmm. that was causing me to like really shut my whole life off. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Is this the first time you shared that? Yes, wow. like my parents don't even know. My parents don't even know. And I tell them almost everything. They know almost every aspect of my life because we are so close, mm -hmm. but that's one thing that they don't know at all. Yeah. yeah. Wow, well I'm proud of you for making a shift. You know, yeah. that's a hard part. It's one thing to recognize, and it's another thing to make a shift and like set boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not a boundary setter for certain people. Yeah. But I'm learning every yeah. day. That's all that counts. <laughs> yes. That's all that counts. Thank you, Nikita. It is yes. Oh, you want to go? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, girl. Go ahead, girl. All right, all right Chantel. I'm just passing around. Hey. hey. <laughs> I'm gonna give you like three minutes. Take that. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a Okay. I love you. Right in your life. I just asked you if you can say it a little bit louder. What is going right in your life? Oh, this is a question because I hate when people ask me like, "What's wrong?" I hate when friends. I'd be like, "What's right?" You know. So, what is going right for me right now is that I feel like I have. Gotten through my struggle and I'm moving towards, I mean, I've 
working through towards some things moving towards you know more towards my purpose and um like i said i you know i just got a job so i'm just training for that and um just um seeing myself as an individual as a uh, independent person you know um so yeah i, I feel like me just you know uh raising my consciousness to be you know more who i want to be do things i want to do i think that's going right um like i said i was just going through a, a rough time yeah, it's just recently too you know but um you know i i, I feel like I'm, I'm going through the shift where uh, um, i've let go and broke some blockages broke through some blockages and now i can be like okay you know, i can move forward and just um yeah kind of live my life the way i need to Awesome. Yeah. That's great. And I like that. I'm going to start asking my friends that. What's going right? What's going well? What's going well? Like, what's wrong? Because it's not a lot of times it's like something was wrong. And I'm always like in my head thinking about stuff. But I don't too much share my thoughts with people. Mm-hmm. So when they ask me what's wrong, I could be thinking about something that's totally different. I could be, you know, uh, embracing the sun or something like that. And what's wrong? I would just be deep in thought. And it's not always the case. It's something that's wrong. Right. I like that. All right. Next time you talk to your friends, ask them what's right. Yeah. I'm going to pass it to Kim. All right, Kim. Uh, Seems like she's falling asleep over yeah. there. Kim is wrapped up in a blanket. Get this comfy little thing here. 
and then expect someone not to get comfortable. <laughs> Kim is on like a triple, quadruple X size, a bean bag? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, very very comfortable. But um, I will say, what fills my cup is definitely, without a doubt, my family. They are the awesomest family ever, and that comes from my parents, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my husband, daughter. I mean, everybody um, in my family is awesome. So when I go back home to visit, I'm always refilled with love and energy and um i just make sure all my hugs are extra extra long because i know that energy has to it has to last me a long time so um they definitely give me the encouragement and the strength i need to to do what i do yeah so um that's it. They they refill me. Yeah. So when I go home and I stay for a while, everybody's like, oh, you were gone for a while? Because I just, I take in all the love and support and energy that I'm going to need to come back out here because it's, it's difficult living so far away from family, but um, they definitely keep me going and encouraged. St. Louis. When last time you were back home? Um, I actually just got back. That's probably why I'm so all choked up. I just got back like last month. When did I go? Was it April? Kim goes to see her uh, family so much. She uh, she Look, I tried to, but you know, with everything with COVID, I went like a whole year. Mm-hmm. Not going now. That was like the worst yeah. for me. I'm just like, oh my god. So, um, but yeah, I try to go home at least. Four to five times a year, if I can. Oh, that's oh, nice. I'm from so, yeah. Chicago, and I like I haven't been back home maybe like in a couple of years. So, and I have my nieces and nephews, so it's it's kind of hard, like you said, living so far away from family. I'm a big family person. Mm-hmm. I come from a big family, so I can barely see them but then like Facetime. Well, that's I mean that's good because I do that too. Like I'll you know Facetime or um. It's still not the same. It's it's, not it's same. definitely it's not. It's definitely it's not, not the same as like a them. a good old hug, you well, know, I mean, from your I'm mom or something. Yeah. yeah. But I'm also too like I was always called the antisocial one or the lone ranger or whatever. Uh huh. So like yeah, me being away from home and not you can see them up like often. We always just go from my house away. That's the pit stop. We like yeah, go back to my house and we all meet up. Oh yeah, it's really not the same. Like it was just so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's the sad part about living so far away. But I can do that. But yeah. Well, when you get a chance, you know, make a plan. To, to I'm go trying home. to this summer. I hope I get a chance in July to go to Mississippi and just rock around the community. So, yeah, um, definitely. That's that, that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Do that. Do that. This is my first time home since 2018. You from here? Yeah, I grew up here. Oh, okay. And I came home. I was already coming home on Mother's Day to surprise my mom, and then my mom went to the hospital last week. So then I had to come home. So it's kind of like not the reason you want to come home, you know? Right, yeah. Um, But, yeah, definitely a reality check that I need to come out more now that especially being in a position where I can travel a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, but it was hard. Like, the pandemic was hard, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough being away from family, but absolutely. So, 
and I'm asking this question because yeah. as we know, I am leaving and I'm leaving mm. my parents. I have been with my parents for mm. 37 years. I have not left their side. And so um, what are some of the things that y'all that you do to help you when you leave? Because like mm. <clears throat> I have a unique relationship with my mother, you know. We are um I probably still have a proverbial uh, umbilical cord, <laughs> you know, so I'm like finally snipping the cord, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, like when I say I have never left my mom's side, like I've never moved far away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally live two minutes away from my mother right now. Oh, wow. So I could tell her, hey, I'm here and I'm just leaving my driveway. <laughs> yeah. But like, what are some of the things that you do to help you, you know, when you know, when you miss home or when you miss your family? Because I don't know what that feels like yet. Mm. Mm. For me, um, I I pick up the phone. Um, I talk to my parents a lot through um, Facebook messages, video, Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, Yeah, but I pick up the phone. I have like certain, not particular days, but when I'm thinking about somebody, I just pick up the phone. You know, and I just call if it's just leaving a voicemail um, or I send them a text. Um, and then after that, because a lot of my concerns are surrounded by my parents because I know they're getting older and mm-hmm. I want to be there, you know, for them. So when um, I've made my phone calls to check on them, then I say a prayer. You know, I say my prayers. And because um, I know wherever I'm at, that I've been a good daughter, that um, I've made them proud. Um, I make sure I tell them I love them every time. And um, I show that love in word and action. And then I leave the rest, you know, I just leave the rest out there for the universe because I know I've done everything I can. I know that when I left them, I had their blessing. So it wasn't like they were like, oh, don't leave. Or that might, like I was saying earlier, my parents were, that always allowed us to be who we are. They, mm-hmm. I've never had my mom tell me, um, oh, don't do that. Or a little girl should be like this. Or a little girl should be like, never. My dad, never. If I wanted to wear, you know, jeans and a t-shirt and all my friends at school were wearing dresses to the dance, they let me be whoever I want. You know, they let me just be. They never tried to form of an opinion of who I should be. I mean, there was always discipline, mm-hmm. which I think dis- discipline is different than, you know, trying to shape a personality. Discipline right. is, you know, if you cut up, you know, mm-hmm. you'll get corrected. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just who I wanted to be, what I wanted to put on for that day, how I wanted to wear my hair, I wanted a dirt bike when I was like 10. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted a dirt bike. I didn't want girly stuff. And they let me do that until I grew into the young woman that I wanted to be. But I say that to say that when they, when I talked to them and said, hey, I'm thinking about leaving, they gave me their blessing. They were like, we're going to be okay. And I just remember that to me, they always told me, we want you to live your life, mm-hmm. not our life. Mm-hmm. So that was the, the encouragement I got from them to leave in the first place. Because if I hadn't gotten that, I probably wouldn't have left, you know what I mean, in the first place. But when I got their blessing, it says, you know, live your life. We're going to be here. And we're in full support of what you want to do. Then mm-hmm. it gave me that 
strength to, to leave. I just didn't realize it would be as hard as it is, but I think the part of that is just growth, right? You know, getting older and paying attention to like what your podcast is about now, just how my body is changing. I'm getting older. I'm like, oh my goodness, my parents are getting older too, you know what I mean? So just being conscious of all that, but um, just know, I know your mom, you know, your mom's happy for you, excited for your dad. Um, just keep that in mind. You know that they're all right. Say your prayers for them. You've got family here to check on them when you need to. This is different because like I can feel the different levels of anxiety that I have. I can feel the emotions go up and down, you know, mm-hmm. like the other day, like yesterday, yesterday was like fancy free. I was cool. I was straight, you know, and then I saw my mom today and it was like, it was like literally a cookie, like crumbling in front of her face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I had to like hurry up and run out of there before I turned into this, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't want her to feel like, like I'm excited to go. I want to go. I'm ready to go, but I don't want her to feel like, you know, there's something wrong. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. it's not, but I just feel like, you know, I'm the only daughter. I'm the only child she has left. Mm-hmm. So me leaving, I don't want her to feel like, you know, now I don't have any of my kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like she had very many, but, you know, but still, you know, so I thank you for that. That, that makes me feel better because she is, although she doesn't, you know, really want me to go, like, but she is very supportive to say, hey, Kita, you know, this is your life. I have my life. I've already lived my life and it's time for you to do the same, mm-hmm. you know, but I am noticing the different, you know, there are times when I wake up and I'm like, what I look like right now mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. other days where it's like, okay, everything's cool mm-hmm. and we good, you know, and everybody's having a good time. Everybody's enjoying everything. But, you know, I am one to show emotion, but like this, this is like people who are privy to me, mm-hmm. you know, so this is different to be like, in the middle of a store. Like the other day, y'all, crazy as a man's house, I was in the middle of the store getting something to cook for dinner. And I was in the pasta aisle and I cried. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? In the freaking pasta aisle. But I was making lasagna, homemade lasagna for my parents. So, you know, but I mean, that is comforting to know that, you know, if I feel like I feel, you know, if I feel some type of way, you know, to just pick up the phone and call them or text them or whatever, you know, I've taught them enough, you know, electronics to say, hey, this is how we can communicate Mm -hmm. with one another, you know, because my parents Mm -hmm. are older as well, you know, so, but. Do they have FaceTime or video chat? They all have, I've placed um, Duo on their phones, so um, we can all talk, they both have Facebook Messenger. My dad Facebook messaged me a uh, inspirational quote every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. my dad does that and like text every you. every morning. <laughs> and then um, me and my mom text all day, all day long. Oh, you know, okay. because we do the same thing. So we both have access to a phone, to our mm-hmm. phones. You know, when we're at downtime at work. So okay, okay. yeah. So just yeah. make sure those things don't change. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I would just say, just from my experience, like 
I don't, I'm, I come from like a very spiritual family, so if you get the urge to call, call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, mean, I always mean. live by that. Like if I get the urge to call, even if she doesn't answer, even if my dad doesn't answer, like even I call my husband. Like if I get the urge to call or text, I don't, I don't ignore that. Mm-hmm. You know, because that connection that you guys have is just mm-hmm. more than like this plane. Yeah. You know? So yeah, when you get the urge. Sometimes those are little, little spiritual text messages yeah. that get sent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, while your guys' lovely stories are nice, everybody doesn't have great relationships with their parents. Mm-hmm. So my input in all of this is parents definitely sign up for this. Stuff like this. Kids mm-hmm. leaving the house, period, mm-hmm. is a struggle for parents. Yeah. So... Our parents sign up to be tough for us so that we can go out there and kick ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So get out there and do it. If you're going to do it, damn do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, even, it's even brought me to my daughter is eight and I'm like already thinking about, oh my God, one day she's going to leave me. She's out <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's an Aries. And, 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 she's and and she's she's coming. Coming. Yes, she's coming. She's back to Las Vegas to live with me. Aries treats form, okay? In every sense of the world. She's coming with her Aries. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it now. I'm coming to you and help me. Look, trying to ask me today, where are you going? Trying to figure out where I was going so she could say that I go. Because if I would have told her I was coming over here, so we gone? No, <laughs> no, 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 my girl. But I want to see. But I want to see your your friend. No, they're yeah, exactly my friend. Not, <laughs> not, not my friend. segment that uh, just started recently called mind games so basically i'm going to ask a question give you a hint i'm going to read off a definition um and then you guys get to guess what mental disorder it is Mm. okay all right oh and if you're listening you get to listen um guess too if you're listening on spotify there should be a question popping up. Go ahead and pop your answer in there. And if you get it right, I will pin it. All right. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay. So today's mind game. Okay. <laughs> today's mind game. I'll give you a hint. It's a three. It's, it's three words. Blank is currently under uh, it's currently under consideration as a new diagnosis for the DSM five. Now, if you don't know what the DSM five is, it's basically the Bible of mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. That's what mental health professionals use. That's what they look at to diagnose people, figure out what's going on with them. And there's this is only the fifth version, so these these books are massive. Mm -hmm. So it's currently under consideration to be added to the mental health Bible. AKA the DSM-5. It is the prototypical example of a hormonally based mood disorder. The 
The symptoms are induced by luteal hormones and are relieved in the follicular phase of the menstrual cycle um, and when hormone cycling is interrupted. So the severity of the symptoms is long last, lasting. Um, only a small minority of women experience significant impairment, supposedly. Um, at this point, <laughs> it is unclear whether women with this particular disorder experience luteal hormones more intensely because of abnormalities in their hormone metabolism or receptors or because of vulnerabilities in other systems that are affected by their hormones, such as serotonin, vasopressin, um, or prefrontal in inhibitory circuits. <laughs> Pick the hardest my games question. <laughs> so any guesses? Three words. You can't guess right now. <laughs> can you read them again? <laughs> <laughs> The way you said that made me feel like you was in the spell. Let me keep it in. <laughs> okay, so I it's under consideration for the as a new diagnosis for the DSM five. It's the prototypical example of a hormonally based mood disorder. The symptoms are are induced by luteal hormones, and the symptoms are relieved during the follicular phase of your menstrual cycle. I'll give you another hint. It was mentioned earlier in the podcast. Anybody? Say it again. Okay. Yes. I don't have a prize for you. Say the abbreviations. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. it's not necessarily just PNBD, but PNB, PMS, PMS, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So PMS on hormones is PNB. Yes, yes. So the answer is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I will go ahead and put the reference for this particular study that I was reading from in the description if you want to do a little bit more research. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so it's fairly new disorder or... Oh it's like people finally want to make believe that women struggle yeah mm -hmm. that's pretty much it and they're really trying to put emphasis on the whole fact that women have lost their lives it can get so dark for women that they don't want to be here anymore or something in their head told them to go mm -hmm. something in their head told them to go I have been tapped into. Things have gone on in my head. And my therapist has told me this. You see therapists to fix things like that. Some people don't want to listen to those voices. But I don't know. I feel like it hits different for some women. Like I said, I have manic episodes. Um, the group that I'm in, predominantly white women. And I finally met women who have manic episodes. A lot of black women will not talk about the fact that there is something wrong. I feel like we settle and we go through the go through. But not only that, we that or they're afraid to yeah. say. We're programmed to feel like this is normal. It's, it's, it's 
it's not for anybody to know we don't have mental illnesses and that's not true right that's mm. so not true right. yeah. yeah but you should have them it's it not a mental it. illness no it's not it's womanhood yeah you come womanhood. into this knowing eventually and if you don't want to know it's because you're too distracted mm-hmm. but eventually but you come to this knowing from as african-american women we are also taught to be strong mm-hmm. we're supposed to be strong you mm-hmm. know what i mean so a lot of times you won't hear people talk when they talk about it because if they interpret that as a sign of weakness yeah. or mm-hmm. they're treated differently if they yeah. talk about it you know what i mean they're supposed to be strong you mm-hmm. know what i mean like that's just yeah and in the older generation that's normal mm-hmm. just like the um generation they're, yeah they accept whatever is going yeah. on a, a lot of times my mom will just be like oh Mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know, but for me, it's more like saying, mom, you too, you know, but I'm going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I want you to be happy that I'm going to do something about it because I'm not afraid to talk about my cycle. I'm not. And we have to realize too, us as women, you know, we were, I mean, even back in days where we weren't even a twinkle in our parents' eye because they weren't a twinkle in theirs, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature was to have, I mean, just for us to have something normal as a menstrual cycle or to be a woman who has, you know, just a high sex drive, that was considered a manic episode, mm-hmm. you know, for us. Mm-hmm. So they don't, I, to me, I, I believe that that contributes to the disbelief of a true manic episode. Yeah. Or something. And fist bump because. Also, to be considered in the DSM-5 is the fact that you have these ragey episodes. Mm-hmm. You have these moments where you are sensitive in your hormones and your sexuality can take over in that. Mm-hmm. So not only is it Jekyll and Hyde syndrome, but Hyde want to have sex. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and sometimes you yeah. can't control that. And promiscuity was a thing, you know, mm-hmm. risky behavior was written in some, uh, uh, evidence not evidence research mm-hmm. that I um, presented in this roundtable discussion that I did for IEPMD and it just made me look back and say girl you turned into a little woman you know mm-hmm. but men will see it as a different thing I know men who breed dogs y'all and I'm not trying to be weird about a situation but they see us the same way mm-hmm. they know the science behind having children how it changes a woman how the dog will act different you know mm-hmm. and Animals emulate life in a different way. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we're animals by any means necessary. I don't go down to those types of rabbit holes, but women have these constant dips. Whereas a man, no, no, no. We have ups and downs, highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Whereas a man has constant dips. He's just going. Mm-hmm. Men can be so faceted with video games and there are women too, but men are different. Mm-hmm. They're different. Mm-hmm. On top of that, a lot of women are not aware of their bodies either. Mm-hmm. Or they're not trying to be aware mm-hmm. of what's going on with their body. So yeah. they feel like what they're doing is normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More so because they didn't talk about this stuff when we were kids. Yeah. So, we even with therapists, mm-hmm. like in our culture as black people, they feel like, or church girls, they don't feel like we should be speaking to therapists because what can they do for us yeah. but yeah. They, they, were were here. Once. Yeah. they were placed Absolutely. here for a reason so mm-hmm. they think it's weird that we go and speak to a therapist and not someone in the church mm-hmm. so yes. when and, those are people who are 
the who worst, are judgmental towards the your worst, situation yeah, versus someone who is non-biased and can truly be on the outside looking in to really look at the situation and not diagnose you as a person mm-hmm. but diagnose you for the situation in which mm-hmm. you are having inside of your brain mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. yes yeah as a patient not mm-hmm. not for who you are as mm-hmm. ashley or deja or any, any of us for right that matter. right mm-hmm. yeah. 100%. yeah so it's very important that women get more in tune with their bodies yeah. and yeah. pay attention to things that is changing and stuff that's going on because they just yeah. don't and talk to a therapist because a therapist knows what the DSM five is. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and they might be able to tell you, but it's yeah. just like, yeah. I think it's interesting um, when I when I chose that as a question. I I looked at that study. It was interesting that I think I knew that they were looking to consider to add it to the DSM five, but I was like, man, since we've talked, they still haven't added it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me really think about like, why has it taken so long? for something that seems to be quite obvious to be recognized mm-hmm. and something that so many women are going through and so many women that look like us have no clue what this is. I didn't know what this was until a friend of mine told me she had it and I downloaded the app and that's mm-hmm. kind of how I fell into that <laughs> rabbit hole yeah. of trying to figure out like, how does this match what I'm going through? But, um, a lot of black women don't know about it and how I just feel like women are kind of an afterthought in the DSM-5 in particular and that like that's oh, going into other yeah. things but um a lot of we're not included in a lot of research like women as a whole are not included in a lot of research yeah but then you got narrow that down to black women oh we are really not included in, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the research I mean it's super important the work that Deja that you're doing yeah Thank because you. to have to have a face that looks like us just in the mix mm-hmm. is right. like a step ahead but the fact that this still isn't in the dsm-5 which means that there are certain hoops that you have to jump through when you see certain providers because yes. it's not in there i mean it just creates a whole yeah <laughs> it's like a domino effect right I mean, you know it's already bad for i, I not not necessarily bad but difficult mm-hmm. would probably be the better word for uh women period to go to the doctor like i've had an experience where i had to tell a doctor hey man you got to touch me okay mm-hmm. because i'm gonna pay a 50 dollar copay i need you to touch me and tell me what's wrong with me right don't I've had don't allow thing. me mm-hmm. to self-diagnose yeah. myself exactly. are you, you going know? to put your hands on me at yes. any point? come on now but for us to be black women then it becomes okay you want me to touch you now i'm gonna poke and prod you and and use you for my research purposes you know so it it, it kind of makes us feel like then you have the that that thing in your mind like do i really want to go mm-hmm. do i really mm-hmm. want to go to the doctor mm-hmm. and find out what's really wrong with me because either they're going to make me feel like nothing's wrong with me mm-hmm. or they're going to make me feel like everything's wrong with me so yeah. it's, there's no in between it's either side of the spectrum mm-hmm. you know and i want to add to that because being a plus size woman oh god they don't want to hear anything about what I'm going through, except the fact that if you lost some weight, it might help. Right. Mm-hmm. But America mm-hmm. is geared towards making everybody fat. I don't care what anybody thinks mm-hmm. about that. You're going to be fat up in this mug somewhere under your arm, on your belly, on the back of your leg, on the back of your head, mm-hmm. you know, but <laughs> they will tell you you are fat in so right, many appointments. Yeah. And I got 
Yeah, it's fat back there, that ponytail. <laughs> Long hair. No, but for real, it that has been something that has made me leave appointments crying so many times. Mm-hmm. And honey has been my only believer for so long because even my grandparents, you know, you look back and you told them something, but it's always been about weight because we all are programmed the same. Yeah. It's about weight, but that's a cycle too. Because are you going to do what you have to do to change the eating habits? Mm-hmm. Everybody can't say yes because mm-hmm. it's an addiction. It sure is. Mm-hmm. So because yeah. it can be for different things. Yeah, you can eat because you're stressed. You can eat because you're depressed. You can eat because you're happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a treat today, so I'm yeah. eating. You, know, you can eat because McDonald's is the closest thing, yeah. and yeah. not know yeah. how unhealthy it is. Right. Yeah. You know, you just know that it's easier to get something here, but you don't know that you're hurting yourself because you haven't been taught what's healthy for you Mm -hmm. because what's healthy for us is not healthy for them. Convenience is key sometimes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, as far as like your families and like just looking back different generations, have there been any like certain experiences that your families have told you about when it comes to like them interacting with doctors that have maybe like prevented them from going back to doctors well for me i can't really say that my family is very secretive so if anything has happened at a doctor or anything has come up it's been very secretive so anything that comes out it's like too late Mm. so it's not too much we can do about it so i don't really have that experience with my family like having me probably my cousin is like my my pal my person Mm -hmm. but Older wise, like my mom or my grandparents, like it's been secretive until it's like kind of too late, mm-hmm. and it's not too much we can really do about ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Y'all? Anybody else? Kim's mom is a nurse. Oh yes, she is. Shout out to all the nurses. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just nurse. Uh, it was nurse week. Yeah. It's on like May the. Eighth, I believe, nice. or something like that. But yeah, a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my mom is a, a nurse. Um, so we we didn't necessarily grow up with like the secretness or anything. They were pretty open with health things. The one thing that that did happen, we found out my dad had, was diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, it was been several years ago. But I did catch them. Not like catch. I felt like I caught them for some reason because they did not. They did not reveal that to us right away. Mm-hmm. But and when I asked why, they just like kept it to themselves. And I was like, "Well, mom, why didn't you? You know, why didn't you tell us?" And my mom, like I said, being a nurse, she she wanted to respect. It was actually my dad who was like he didn't want us to I guess worry about mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and things like that and probably from like a male's perspective and being the patriarch a patriarch of the family he probably just yeah. wanted to protect that or whatever but that's the only thing that like came to mind is like is is that happening um but as far as like what the doctor's office like what the experience and things like that was um he never did share with us that it just was yeah, I've got to take a little pill here to keep my sugar levels in control. It was just real, like, casual. No, it's, like, no, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. a pill I take, you know, to regulate my blood sugar. We were like, oh, okay. All right, Dad. Mm-hmm. You know, let us know. If we, can. You know, so he kept it under wraps. Now, my mom, on the other hand, she's always been pretty open about um, health, 
talking to us about health, uh, being healthy, um, her own challenges with eating healthy and things like that. Um, so, and we've talked a lot about mental health with my mom. It, um, it is one of those things that uh, will run in the family, but, you know, some families don't mm-hmm. talk about it. You know, that's just mm-hmm. uncle so-and-so or, you know, but mm-hmm. I will say, yeah, it's pretty open in, in our family, yeah. you know what I mean, to talk about it. Um, well, at least I can say for me, I, I, I talk about it more now because I'm older. I have nieces and nephews. I have my own daughter to think about. And if something were to happen to me, I don't want, I wouldn't want anybody to not know what to do or not know who to go to. So it's definitely something that needs to be talked about more mental health. And um, like the question I had, how it ties into your hormones and your diet Mm -hmm. and things like that is, is definitely important. So I would say my family does talk about like health things and we've all got our thoughts about, you know, doctors and things like that, which I won't go into whole details and stuff, but um, I will go to the doctor a lot of times just to make sure things are okay, let them tell me what they think, and then I might go and speak to a holistic doctor and get some herbs or something. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's me, but definitely we are in support of at least going to the doctor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How about anybody else have any any specific things that maybe any specific experiences that either your parents or your family members have told you that either like uh, maybe push you towards going to the doctor more or maybe scared you off? My family, they just take a lot of pills. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. funny, but they just take a lot of pills. I see my, like my grandma, my, my grandfather, uh, on both sides, mm-hmm. uh, aunts and uncles. You know, they just, they have like, you know, those long, long pill bottles. Mm-hmm. The money mm-hmm. yeah, like, okay, so pill for uh-huh. every day. And it's like, you have a pill, it's like you just like band aid in your, your, your symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not mm-hmm. really dealing with the issue internally. You know, so that led me to want to be more uh, inclined to want to just like, you know, be a, a healer, so, so just learn about like certain symptoms, like, you know, herbally and just uh, like holistically. You know, because we don't we don't talk about it. We just kind of like, oh, well, we got a pill for this, pill for that. And mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And then we, oh, everything's hereditary. It's like, well, it's kind of mm-hmm. like just seeing how we are years on down the line. Like we don't take care of ourselves, and then we just get, and then we go to the doctor, and then we go, okay, oh, let's take this pill, let's get this shot, and then we think we're fine. But no, mm-hmm. I just I didn't want to I didn't want to go that route for myself. I didn't want to be I didn't like going to the doctor getting shot up with a bunch of, you know, whatever, vaccines and get same like, because I don't like that. So I definitely um, wanted to take a more, you know, natural approach to, you know, getting healed and things of that nature. So, yeah. Overall, like, can I get a, just a raise of hands? Who was brought up to have a general trust of doctors? Kim, I know you kind of... I mean, yeah, that. I was raised to yeah. have that trust, but as I'm kind of like what she was just saying. Was I paid attention to my family's habits? Mm-hmm. I started it started changing my mind. Maybe to what your question is, away from what they call it, the traditional mm-hmm. medicine. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. you would say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I started more so thinking like, okay, 
high blood pressure, diabetes. These are things that they're telling us are hereditary, but what I see is hereditary is the eating habits because mm-hmm. what my parents feed me is what their parents fed them and what their parents fed them. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I even know the history of some of the things that we eat and why mm-hmm. we eat them. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to continue that way. You know right. what I mean? I know why my ancestors ate chitlins and things like mm-hmm. that because that's what was left over. Mm-hmm. And that's what they thought they would, pe- would give our people. Yeah. And just the beautiful culture that we have, we did. Right. We, we, we made it do what it do, but we don't have to continue right. eating right. in those habits. So yeah. I, I'm not a believer in high blood pressure, diabetes, things of that nature being hereditary. I think what's hereditary is the eating habits, mm-hmm. um, the lifestyle that mm-hmm. sometimes get passed mm-hmm. down to us. But I was I was raised to tradition. Like I said, my mom's a nurse, so yeah, we raised to like you know put the full trust in to the doctor um but yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that was, was there, is there anybody else that maybe had like a was raised with a distrust of the western medical system um, i wouldn't say a distrust but because i was raised in church mm-hmm. they would go to the doctor and they would feel like you know and i don't go against it because that's just how i was raised mm-hmm. but i feel like the doctor's done something mm-hmm. and it the Lord is going to, you know, fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just how I was raised. So, mm-hmm. like, they will pray the they will pray room down. it down. Plus, everybody on staff. Yeah. So, it'll make you feel like, okay, well, you can't tell me nothing because the Lord, and I'm not going to get the Lord because that is me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, in my mind, like, He put these people here for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, that's just how it looks like. Yeah. I don't, um, I mean, granted, yeah, my mom took me to the doctor and stuff, but I formed the distrust on my own, mm-hmm. um, not by anyone else's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at one, sorry, one point in my life, you know, when I got, yeah, like, you know, 16, 17, it was like, hey, mom, can I go in the doctor? Can I go there, back there by myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And she would allow that, you know, because I was becoming of age, you know, to give me my independence and everything but then it became you know like I said earlier are you going to touch me are you I'm telling you what's wrong with me mm-hmm. and you're not doing anything about it and then you know I've for me I've never been a small girl I've always been quite healthy and voluptuous by the way mm-hmm. but um you know the first thing that they would tell me was you need to lose weight I'm not what my 5'2 body is is not what someone else's 5'2 body is right. you know I may be heavy, I may be healthy, but I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have high cholesterol. I don't have diabetes. I don't have kidney problems. I don't have those things. Mm -hmm. So just because I'm the weight I am doesn't mean that all of those things are going to follow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was, for me, it was more like, okay, okay, I lose weight, but then what? Like, I'm just telling you that right now, I'm having a hard time breathing and it's not because I went up 15 flights of stairs. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not not everything has to do with what I weigh. You right. know what I'm saying? And I'm sorry, but in our culture, what we weigh is not going to be the same in other in cultures. Other cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. different. Yeah. And I was, I can't even remember what I was watching. Oh, I was watching The Color of Care okay. with Oprah Winfrey and um, they were basically talking about you know, like your health care could be 
determined by your zip code, you know, saying mm-hmm. that if you're in a bad zip code, you know, you may not get, it's very true. You may not get the best healthcare, you know? And so I was watching that. And one of the doctors, um, he said, you know, for so many, for so many years, these doctors, they look at these books and they have, you know, the Caucasian vernacular, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when they see us, they don't, it's not that they're trying to all the time, mm-hmm. you know, cause some people, true, some of the doctors truly care. I'm not going to take that from them, mm-hmm. but because all they have seen is that particular type, yeah. you know, that's all they know, mm-hmm. you know? And so he was saying, you know, it's time for, you know, doctors to like try to get out of that yeah. and look past mm-hmm. what they've seen in those books. But it, it is true to form, you know, that mm-hmm. what, what we may, um, what we look like and feel like and deal with is not the same as mm-hmm. someone who's not, who's not African-American, someone who's not Latino, and someone who's not Caucasian. You know, everybody's different. Yeah. All of our all of our issues are different, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I don't know if anybody else wants to watch it, but that was a good watch. It was about maybe an hour and a half long, but uh, The Color of Care. Okay. But they were really, they were touching on like COVID situations and then just um, health as a whole you know, for zip codes where you live, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I read somewhere that um, your uh, nutrition or your health is determined by like your uh, your signs, like your zodiac signs, the planets that were aligned when you were born, mm-hmm. like so everybody. So your your nutritional makeup is just nature. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like we are not all should be on the same diet. I hate the word diet because the word diet so restricted. It's so restricted. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but you know, your makeup is different from, from everybody else's. So we should all be eating the same thing. And I read it, you know, the vegetables and fruit, of course. I, I agree with that. But like we're not all supposed to be eating the same thing. Like we're supposed to be eating something that's gonna be you know geared towards how we need to function mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many I think growing up like there I felt like, you know, we had like got milk and we had the food mm. pyramid. Oh, and right. It was just very, it was just a very cookie cutter it's conversation around yeah. diet. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times the considerations for like other ethnicities and races and other cultures, they weren't even accounted for. Like, I follow one girl on Instagram. I don't know if you guys follow her, but it's a nutrition, she's a black nutritionist in she talks a lot about how um, like food that has been popular in African-American history, but also like West Indian history has been often villainized by the nutrition industry. And she even talks about like going through her studies and how they basically said everything we eat is bad, but it's all bad until it, until they find it and it becomes good. And mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. meaning like nutritionists find avocados and now, now we've been telling people not to eat avocados and now it's good fats. Yeah. You know, coconut oil has been cooked with for God knows how long and now it's a good thing. So I think that I hope that as time goes by, like more considerations are made and we do understand like there's Mm -hmm. different ways to approach everything, like Mm -hmm. nutrition, mental health, yeah, everything. There's like so many different perspectives and then like Western medicine is not the only. Yeah, especially right. uh, we need to incorporate more herbs into it. Yeah. Like, like, people, like we need herbs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yeah. 100%. And we need more Black women in studies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our one number, more time. One more time. We, we need more Black women in research and studies. Mm-hmm. Yes, across the board. Yes. Mental, physical, everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because these other ones don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But they haven't had a chance to get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we want to show you what our numbers look like and what we experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They haven't had anybody to walk with them, mm-hmm. you know, show them that, hey, there's not just this type. There's A, B, C, a whole D. Spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's not just A through D. Let's go to that H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P level. Yeah. You know? Let's get to Z. Yeah. For real. Let's get to Z. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and we'll just do a few more questions. Oh, wow. Um, Deja, you want to yeah. go? Yeah, it was my turn. Okay. It was my turn. Oh, honey. Let's go. It's really hard, honey. It's really off topic, but it says, what's your go-to snack? How do you feel when you eat it or drink it? This Taurus. Taurus are some hungry women. I'm a very hungry person. I get really angry. When I'm hungry, oh. my attitude is really bad. So I can wake up in the morning, or I have a dream about food. It's really weird. But I have a dream about food and wake up and I'm like, honey, what we eating? If she take too long, I'm gonna come upstairs and make some cereal, and she's gonna be mad. But answer the question: noodles is okay. my favorite, and I know it's really not healthy, but it's my my favorite only because that's what I grew up on. And when I eat noodles, um, and I sit and watch a movie or something, it takes me back. To the times when I sat and ate noodles with my brother. Oh, it kind of makes me teary eyed, but that was times that we had together. So, no. yeah. Uh, what kind of noodles, though? Chicken. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, if you said beef, I don't know. <laughs> Cut no, that part out. Chicken was one. Yeah. I got a question for you. Again, it's, it's on your, your topic level, completely out of topic. But, I mean, have you elevated your noodles yet? No, I have. She thinks pho is nasty. I don't. <gasps> I haven't really got to eat like mommy mommy. Mm-hmm. When I got it, it was delivered, so it's not the same. Oh, okay. So I have to eat it fresh. Yeah. And I'm really picky. Okay. Really picky. But I've had the tapatio noodles with the. Uh, Diria. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You gotta have some pho though. Yeah. At least some like real ramen with like the half an egg in the middle. Yeah. Oh, and I like egg in my noodles. So, yeah, I would try it. Just not delivered. Yeah, don't get it delivered. Because my noodles was like 20 minutes later. Taste. Oh, was like, It was nasty. And my sister was just eating it. Do you don't like ramen? No, I love to just take a pack of noodles. Really? And cook it, put some hot wings, saute some hot wings on the side with some broccoli, some. Some onions. You might like fuzz. You might like If you don't know that, you might just want to get the right. That's it. It just don't taste the fun. It's just amazing. <laughs> but I would definitely try it. Is it what is it? Fuzz. So fuzz is a Vietnamese soup. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I would definitely try it. Yeah, it's really good. Fuzz I love, love Vietnamese. And ramen is like, I can, I can drop that. Okay. She hates it, but I can live off it. Yeah, I mean, we lived off noodles when we were kids. Yeah, not that yeah. that was the only thing that we had, but it was five. It was a dollar for like a pack of twelve. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> had like a twenty-four pack. Yeah, like yeah. a big box. Yeah. But it was five of us in the house, and everybody always came over to our house. So when groceries was gone, 
And I was okay with it. <laughs> All right, Deja, it's your turn. All right. What are the ways you stay grounded and take care of yourself? Mm, um, I guess I'll answer the stay grounded part first. Um, I really like to have my shoes off. I'm most comfortable, you know, and some people find it so nasty, but if things get hot at work, I'm taking off my shoes. Some mornings I'm not all the way there. I will drive to work with no shoes on. Um, so staying grounded, I like feeling the ground. I like feeling that I have total control. It's just the weirdest thing, but I like my feet free. Um, uh, staying grounded and taking care of myself, I kind of just, there's so much that I do. It's really hard to say. What's the top three? Taking a bath. Mm-hmm. Same, yes. Um, <laughs> taking a bath, listening to music. Yes. And reminding myself that I'm standing on the ground. I don't know. It's just the weirdest thing. If I don't have control, I know that me feeling what my feet are doing, like the vibrations. I drive almost 35 minutes to work. Having my shoes off helps a lot. Mm-hmm. It's something about having my feet bottled in that I can't explain. Is that a sensory thing? Like you, like just the feeling of your feet on the ground or just like your feet touching you know, the pedals or is that a sensory thing? I would say so. And only because I met a girl um, when I went to esthetician school. And I remember one day I was just saying, I feel so like out of control. Like I just don't feel like, and she was like, what can you feel right now? What are your feet touching? What are this? What are... And it kind of made sense to me. But um, not only that, I met another girl and I was walking around my office with no shoes and she was like, I'm staying grounded. And it, it just, it all made sense. Even our bed is high up. Mm-hmm. I just and sometimes I will sleep low. No. I've learned that my clients can't always be on a high bed. Sometimes I have to bring them down. Because a lot of times you're just too wound up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you just want to be playing okay. on the ground. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. We've had to switch our bed for those reasons. Yeah, we got like a platform bed. bed. Mm-hmm. and now it's lower and sometimes it's still not low enough for her so we have like a dim area and mm-hmm. she'll sleep there because it's mm-hmm. like lower closer to the ground yeah mm-hmm. yeah Taurus are naturally grounded people are you a Taurus yeah. so, so Taurus and Taurus yeah what is mm-hmm. everybody else Sagittarius Sagittarius Aries I'm a Leo Leo mm-hmm. I'm a Capricorn oh oh <laughs> And my husband is a Taurus, actually. Oh, wow. yeah. oh, wow. May first. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's on the cusp. He's not like a full blown Taurus. Now my brother is May nineteenth, and he is like full bull. bull yeah, baby. Like, on what are you? The sixteenth. Oh, okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. y'all came in around the same time. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's how I feel like when I'm just out of whack. I just remember like, hey, I have the ground beneath me. And let me not act like I'm all just mother nature. I take a pill called clonazepam and it helps. It helps me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. 
if I feel like I'm just, I mean, I've had bad therapy sessions where I felt my therapist's energy be so wrong that he can send me into what I consider a spiritual emergency. So I'm sweating. I don't know what to do. I'm all confused. I'm, you know, but my period is also coming. Mm -hmm. So Same you time. have just taken me down a rabbit hole and I'm questioning my whole life. But if I put a clonazepam in my mouth and swallow it, <laughs> it helps, you know? So I'm not against medication in any way, um, shape, form. Um, so yeah. You mind me asking how long you've been taking clonazepam? I have been taking clonazepam for five years. And did you start with clonazepam or did you like try other... Um, like, did they prescribe you other things? Yes. I, <laughs> I have taken, I would say well over at least 30 medications in the last five years. Yeah. Um, and I'm so sensitive that some stuff I'm just like, I can't do that. You know, mm -hmm. um, I've talked to my therapist about losing my source of self. Like I feel like I have no personality on some medication. So mm -hmm. if a, a medication is just meant to mute me, then you can know what. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Prozac was definitely one of the ones was like Yeah, Prozac, I couldn't feel mm -hmm. my vagina at all. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. And I know libido like decreases yeah, libido yeah. is a common yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. my 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 spidey senses were off. I wasn't tingling at mm -hmm. all. And um that's a common side effect in a lot of medications that we take. Mm -hmm. Your libido will drop or you will have no sex drive. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's sad. And a lot of people aren't told that either. I've talked to quite a few people on the podcast that were like, I don't, nobody told me that was one of the side effects. Mm -hmm. So then I'm functioning like, I may not be mentally clocking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where's my sex drive at today? Yeah. And so you don't know, like, are you thinking like, maybe I'm not attracted to my partner. Maybe they're thinking that about you. Yes. Like all these other things come up. And I wish that, providers would go through the full range of side effects with yes people. absolutely um but i want to ask you as far as the i know you said you've, you've tried you know over 30 different medications so for somebody that's listening that maybe it took a lot for them to even get to the point of taking medication and now maybe they've tried two or three and it's just not working and they're thinking of like giving up and not not taking medication what would you say to that person um See, I consider myself kind of bad in that area because it's kind of hard to imagine that I have to wake up and dose myself up like that anyways. Mm -hmm. So for a person who doesn't want to do that, I would say seek the alternative. And the alternative is eating healthier. The alternative is vitamins and herbs. And not only that, if a doctor gives you something, you at least have to try it. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Try it. If you have had a hormone panel, you kind of have an idea of what you're allergic to. Um, but it doesn't hurt to try a thing. Um, I do like medications that kind of work in an instant way mm -hmm. because nobody likes to feel uncomfortable. So try it. If you don't see anything happen in 30 days, ditch it, say something about it, but at least give a thing 21 to 30 days. Okay. but give it a try give least. it a chance okay. yeah mm -hmm. all right let's do two more questions who wants to go next ashley 
Y'all put me on the spot. Yeah, you only have one question. Okay. All right. Right. I ain't gonna have me crying no more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it has been pretty real. All right. All right. Now I don't know how I'm not feeling. Right. <laughs> um. Okay. Oh, this is this is one that I didn't know the answer to. So that was like a trivia question for y'all. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with your mother like? Mm. Wow. Y'all trying to hit deep. Okay. I can say now my relationship with my mom is really, really good. Um, I grew up really, really close to her and like she knows almost everything about me, um, but there was a point in time where a few years ago, like around the time when my grandma passed, I was like super close to her that we drifted apart. And that was really like my choice at the time um, for my own reasons. And so that was actually the point in my life where I was like, I'm super just not in a great place mentally. I was very depressed. I was like, trying to figure out grieving because it was like the first person I'd really lost in my life. And then my relationship with my mom was just not great at all. Um, so yeah, that, that kind of like prompted me to go into therapy. Mm-hmm. And I was at a point where I was like, I can't really have a conversation with her right now without going out of character. Mm-hmm. And in, in order, and I wanted to have a conversation with her. I wanted to go back to having a relationship, but I felt like I couldn't do that on my own. And I was at a point where, like, me talking to my husband every night and, like, you know, pouring in my, <laughs> pouring all my problems on him. I don't want to say it like that, but it gets to a point where, like, your partner can only take so much. At some point, you have to get some other help. So that was, like, the part of the prompt for me to go and seek therapy mm-hmm. and really get an understanding of not just like where my head was at at the time um, and also like where I was at in the grieving process. And, but also that really made that period of time with the therapist, like she really went into like, think about your mother, not as your mother, but just as a person and like, think about the things that she's had to go through. Yeah. And so she picked my brain a lot about, you know, how did your mom grow up? And, you know, um, how did her mom treat her and what was their dynamic? And it really made me dig deep and, and get a better understanding. I think I came out of therapy, came out of therapy, but mm-hmm. after a lot of sessions, I was at a point where I could finally reach out and like relay what I was feeling without anger. Cause I wasn't at the point where I was angry anymore. Like the anger had kind of passed. Yeah. So I could get to that point where I was like, this is how I'm feeling. This is how you made me feel. Yeah. And like, let's, let's build from here and understanding boundaries, like how to navigate that. Cause it's not just an on and off switch back into like, Oh, now we're like lovey-dovey and happy and everything. But yeah, it was, it was a long time. It was about a year and it was like, it was really, really tough, but I'm happy to say my mom and I are doing great now. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Back to normal. Yes. Feels like. Yeah. So probably better than normal. So yeah. 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 And um I know, like I said, like not everybody has that great. But um yeah, it's important that we bring our mothers in. It's really important that you have a close relationship with your mother. 
And um, me and my mom haven't always had it well, but I can say that the older she gets and the older I get, we understand. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense that we really need each other. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a question for Ashley. Okay. Oh, has your husband ever talked to your mother? Oh, yeah. I talked to her as in about your feelings. Oh, about my feel? No, I'd probably say no. Really? No, I... Like, they they have conversations, but my husband's not necessarily, like, the type of partner to just, like, pick up the phone and call my parents. Okay. Um, yeah, good question, though. Mm-hmm. No, he, yeah. that's not something that's happened. I would say I'm that one. Oh, so do yeah, you? For sure, for sure. I want to really? give a shout out to you, for real. I am that one. Shout out to wow. you. Yeah. Me and Honey are six years difference age-wise, mm-hmm. and um, her relationship with her mom is different than mine. And her mom has loved on her like she was the last child she had because she has five so honey has seen some of me and my mom's growth struggles and she has stepped in and had conversations with my mom to say like this is your only daughter Mm. and my mom has opened up to her in the most beautiful way to say i've never had real girlfriends like that so me and my mom are now the best of friends because we realized she hasn't had that Mm -hmm. because she hung out with a lot of guys Mm -hmm. but now you know she sees the beauty that she had in her when she was younger in me Mm -hmm. and it's just like this different kind of love but my honey and her mother together have opened up my mom's senses about me a lot wow that's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) wow that's that's awesome i think I, I guess I never even thought for that conversation to happen. Yeah. No. Now you just take the phone. One day she just took the phone. And if she don't answer, like her mom is probably like, what's going on? Like trying to figure it out. And, and then they have a whole conversation. Yeah. But it's been times where I've just went to her and told her exactly how she feels because I'm hearing it. Mm. Not only am I hearing it, I'm seeing how it's affected her. Mm-hmm. because I know how she feels about her mom mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. but I give my mom grace now yeah my mom got divorced um my dad stayed with us until you know my brother graduated that's fine but my mom went through a struggle so women want to be loved and my mom wanted to be loved she wants to be loved and I love my mom but I can't give her that love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I want my mom to be happy in the way that she wants to be happy and, and even if it's just an additive, and now that her kids are her world, my mom deserves that. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, I can be hurt that a thing didn't work out, but I can't be hurt that she's going to explore a thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we don't raise our parents, but we watch them grow up. Mm-hmm. And my mom is now doing it in a way where she can attract what's for her because we get enough. Mm-hmm. And my love is enough. Yeah. It's finally enough. Yes. <laughs> I love how you said, like, you give her grace now because I think that's something that I had to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely was not doing that. Me. I'm like, I'm a Capricorn, so I, one thing is black and white. Like, why yes! this, this, this happen? What is this gray area? <laughs> <laughs> gray area. understanding yes. that you don't understand and mm-hmm. understanding that 
I think to this day, I learn more and more about like my mom and her family, my, my family and also like her upbringing. And I think now I'm like 32. So I'm looking at it as like, at this point, my mom would have had me two years ago. I can barely take care of my two cats. Like, oh, and she's like, you know, went through a divorce, had me moved across the country, mm. got into like corporate America, like just, she did a lot. And so I'm trying to also understand like, also a lot of the menstrual things I go through and major issues that I have are she has the same thing so I go through it now again I just have two cats and my husband and I'm like struggling (laughs) so to think about what she was doing with me and my brother is just like yeah I have to really understand like I had a really good upbringing with her but did she have the same Mm. and the answer is no so I think the same sometimes with my mom too like once I got older, I realized how much she had on her plate with having five kids and it was just her. Yeah. Like when she had my little sister, my mom was in her 30s. So for me, that's her prime. So mm-hmm. she, I never understood why I'm in freaking school, why I got to stay home on the weekends and keep my sister. Like I'm the only one that has to stay with her. But as I got older, I seen it was just her and she was still trying to figure it out as a woman with five kids by herself so it made me think differently not to be mad at her for certain stuff that she did when it came to us like I was like hmm I get it now because it was just you and you did the best that you could not only that you were taking in other people's kids too Mm -hmm. so I definitely would give my mom grace with that because she is a true lover when it comes to helping people and babies like I think my mom recently said something. I hope she don't get mad at me for sharing this, but she recently said, you know, I've been in survival mode like my whole life. You know, something happened like since I've been here. I mean, I already said she had been in the hospital and stuff. She's okay now, but just like she said, she's just like very down and just said, like, I've been in survival mode my whole life. Like, and it hit me like I haven't you know, because of her, like, I haven't been in survival mode my whole life, and, but it's because she has, and so, like, now she's at a point where she's sick and tired of trying to survive every day, and and I'm, I'm understanding, like, there's never been a let up for her, there's never been a point where, like, she gets a break, Mm. um, I'm fortunate enough to, like, have a really good partner, and, like, we've been together for a long time, but I know like my twenties and like up until now with a partner, whereas that's not what she knows. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just really understanding, like for me, understanding that my parents whole lives, like I, I just don't really have a clue about, about yeah. it. And so like looking at them as adult, as an adult, not as my mother, but as like adults, just trying to navigate the world. And, like, survive is like eye-opening that could be a a hard separation too because you can only look at them as our parents yeah Mm -hmm. so to look at them as adults and the stuff that they went through like it's it's tough yeah especially if we don't know and then you find out something like that stuff would be like so heart-wrenching like my mom was in an abusive relationship with my sister's dad oh wow and a lot of stuff I didn't know until she came and told me like he put a gun to my head like my mom could have not been here because of this guy but 
she kept a lot of stuff from it so we didn't have to know but that shit hurt like a lot when you hear it as an adult like dang you really mm-hmm. would do that mm-hmm. it's just hard so yeah. i get it yeah yeah i recently found out my grandmother she's passed now for a few years but i grew up with my grandmother being like very anti-men <laughs> in a sense of like she warned me about every man like from my stepdad to my biological father to boys at school to teachers to the cop walking down like everybody and I always knew like deep down it was something else like something had happened to her but she never went into that she never went into any of that I'm sure there's a lot of secrets in my family that we don't know about but after she passed I found out like she was in abusive relationships Mm, wow and it started to all make sense how she moved through the world, like as my grandmother. So I, I feel you on that. Like it's it's like, and I I feel like I want to like give her a hug, but she's not here, mm-hmm. you know. But um, yeah, it's crazy. But I feel like yeah, giving grace. Maybe I'm gonna change the title. This is too for real. Yeah. Well, ladies, giving grace to our mothers, mm-hmm. yeah, to the women in our lives, yeah, um, every woman deserves grace. Yeah, that's the title right there. Yes. Um, and empathy. All women need a day or two off of work. Yes. <laughs> 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 time out during the week to come and you know sit around each other and like share this space um I think it's it's crazy because um I would just say a friend of mine a, a few like a month ago she's like what do you want to do with this podcast and I said you know I do everything virtual I want to get to a point where like I can sit around in an intimate setting with other black women and have conversations and be open and share stories and, you know, laugh with each other and cry with each other and, um, you know, open up the space so that everybody is comfortable enough to talk about the things that we may not have ever told anybody. Um, so I think that <laughs> I'm really grateful for you guys because y'all don't know me. take it to heart um i hope that you share it with your friends um if you we're gonna take a moment to shout everybody out before i shout the podcast out deja where can they find you if they want to get in touch with you 
um, my Instagram where I kind of just share a little bit of my life and uh, some of my poetry and my works with IAPMD is at Jai on a day at Jai dot A-N-N-A dot D-E-Y. Um, you can also find my business page there uh, with information about my business and the um, self-love items that I make. Um, shea butters, things like that. Which are great. <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, I'm mostly, yeah, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we'll make sure to include Deja's information in the description below. Make sure you check that out. Um, Shantaya, you want to shout out your, uh, yeah, your business? Yeah, I shout out my podcast. <laughs> yes. It's called Brew Tea. It's uh, B-R-E-W-E underscore T. Um, and it's a little spin on it. In parentheses, uh, between people, uh, it's B-T-W-P-L-P. Uh, basically, stands for Brew Tea Between People Produces Love and Peace. So, you know, um, I'm about that. But, yeah, you can catch me on Anchor, uh, Spotify, and Apple. Um, and also Instagram, Empress underscore Shantae, S-H-O-N-T-E-A. Perfect. Anybody else want to shout out their socials? You good? All right, so we, I'll make sure to include everybody's information in the description. Make sure you guys uh, give them a follow. Hit them up if you want to collab, if you want to purchase and support their businesses. Uh, if you're not already following Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, we are on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. Um, also, we are on Bullhorn. So if you haven't downloaded the Bullhorn app, go ahead and go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, whatever store you get your apps from download uh, the bullhorn or you can go online bullhorn.fm uh, that is where we, we will be live streaming episodes coming up soon if you download the app you get notified whenever we release a new episode and we're ready to live stream you'll get to tune in ask questions comment chat you can even call in and join the episode for a bit and talk with our guests make sure you follow um and you also get exclusive access to new episodes. So the episodes on Bullhorn will be up before they are on Spotify or Apple. So make sure you're following us. Everything will be in the description below. Thank you again for sticking around. And um, thank you, ladies. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Remember, Black girls have anxiety too. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. <laughs>